strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat? Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well, all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash C-V-A-S-P-S to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. This week's Eccentric Minute, we're going to review one of our foundational single leg exercises, and that is the K-Box Split Squat. Just like with the squat, guys, make sure you got that tether taunt when you're at full extension, and set yourself a counterbalance. Here we're going to use the barbell on the rack. Sink it down just like a regular split squat, chest tall, and drive through that front foot. I really like that back plate there to take tension off that back toe. As we progress forward, that's going to be big time to help us even keep our weight forward more. As we increase intensity and decrease volume, we're also typically cutting depth, therefore increasing transfer when we're looking at stopping power at a greater height. Guys, give this one a shot. I'm sure that this is one that you're going to find some great carryover for your athletes. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down and discussing team building strategies with Trinity College's Bill DeLonges. After a real quick rundown of how we got up to Trinity, Bill dives right into the driving factors behind some of these strategies. You know, guys, and this is some really neat stuff. It's going to lead right into, you know, how he selects athletes, you know, to be in these leadership roles, and then how he selects what methods and exercises they perform. He's then going to share with us quite a few different examples of workouts that they use, including the goals at the end of each, and how he periodizes his workouts around them, and where there are times he may back down, and then where there are actually times where he doesn't back down at all, and the reasoning behind all this. We then discussed the pros and cons of working at the Division Three level with the rules and how that really impacts the work that he gets to do with the student-athletes day-to-day. This is really an awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Bill, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm fired up for this because this is going to be a, an avenue that I don't think enough coaches talk about uh, when, they, when they're trying to get everything going. I think we talk a little bit more about just our X's and O's and percentages and stuff, but not so much about some of the, the fun ways that we can get kids to be better. But before we dive into the meat and potatoes of what we've been kind of wrapping back and forth about, let's let the, you know, the one and a half people who doesn't know who Bill is and where he's at know how he got up there and what you're into today. All right. Uh, well, I'm at Trinity College, which is a small Division three school up in Hartford, Connecticut. Been here. This is my fifth year. Um, I came from here from Stony Brook, where I had uh, three separate stints. I interned there right out of college back in 2010. 
And then uh, I took a Division II head job um, at Converse College back in 2011 when I was 23, fresh out of one internship. So I was a whirlwind, whirlwind of an experience learning a lot by uh, making some mistakes. Um, and in one of the side summers off there, so my second summer, I decided I was like, I need more experience. I got to learn from from some older people, some people that were a little bit more experienced. So I went back to Stony Brook. Uh, in between my second and third year at Converse College and volunteered there and helped out with the summer with uh, Coach uh, Dave Van Dyke, uh, who also ran my internship program back in 2010. So returned there, and then uh, lucky enough, a job opened up shortly thereafter, and uh, I returned back to Stony Brook for my third time, this time as a full-time assistant, and then that led me over to uh, Trinity College. I love it, man. And then you've been doing some pretty unique stuff when it comes to some team building type activities with the athletes. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, one of the reasons I went to college, when I was in high school, I was like, I'm going to go to a community college. I'm going to get an associate's degree. I'm going to personal train and I'm going to own a gym one day. Like that was my goal when I was in high school. And then I learned that there was a college training and conditioning profession and I was like, all right, I'm going to a four-year school. And I also wanted a college experience. You know, I, I didn't play a sport in college. I, was, I went, I moved away from uh, New York, went down to South Carolina to Winthrop University to become a strength coach and to get a college experience. So those are two things that have always been near and dear to my heart. And something I, as one of my goals uh, as a strength coach in the collegiate sector is to give these kids kids a little bit of a college experience via the weight room. So I want to create as, memory, as many memories as I can and some fun times and kind of break it up from just practice lift, practice lift, and, and do some different things, some outside-of-the-box things, put some people in some uncomfortable situations, make some people lead that might not have led before. And it's kind of evolved. My first two years, I, I didn't do any of this. And then it slowly evolved, and now it's become – where like all my teams do some sort of either week long competition or semester long competition. It just varies from a, from team to team. So then let's talk about how this college experience then is molded, built and, and in a way uh, has matriculated through the years, you know, with how you handle this with the, the young people you get to work with. Yeah. Um, I mean, in my opinion, I, I just feel like the, the kids are going to remember us as their coach, but they're not going to remember that that day we had them do five sets of two, six count down at 80 percent. Like They're not going to remember that, but they will remember that time where they came in and I told them as a team, you're going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro on a Versa climber and do a whole bunch of other stuff along the way. Like They're going to remember that workout. They're going to talk about that. And that's going to be a memory when they're 40, 50 years old and they have kids of their own and they're talking about their college weight room experience they're going to think back to those type of memories so then what, let's get a, an example of of putting people in leadership situations throughout these as well because i think that that's one that coaches tend to have a hard time with when it comes to implementing that in what they do with their training yeah yeah um i mean i'll for example um one of the first team building things I ever did was at Stony Brook University. We had a freshman point guard who was, we were going into her, uh, her sophomore year. She was going to be, be our floor general, but didn't talk. So I devised a team building activity where the entire team was blindfolded. 
except for her. And she had to navigate. They were all hands over, like hands on shoulder, creating like a, like a straight line. And she was at the back of the line and she was the only person who could see. And I developed like a maze throughout the weight room where they need to retrieve certain tasks or retrieve certain items and make it through and make it through this maze. And putting her in the situation where she was the only one who could see, making her step out of her comfort zone and have to lead 10, 11 other girls through this challenge. I had the lights off. There was music blasting. So I also made her talk loudly. Uh, she had to talk above the music. And that, that was kind of the start of all this. And since then, really just putting people in um, spots. Like I'll do a lot of varying communication things where one person might be blindfolded. Another person can see them but can't talk or can see them but can talk. And then another person who can't cannot see them, but can talk. So we're creating like this, the person who's blindfolded has got to get through this maze. The person who can communicate verbally with them has got their back to them. And then the person who can see them can't talk. So they're using all these different hand gestures to try to communicate to the person who can't see them, but can talk. Does that make sense? No, a hundred percent. I know that was a lot right there, but so if I have an athlete that I want to step out of their comfort zone and be a little bit more verbal, I'm going to put them in that in the position of you're going to be the talker. You can't see. Um, just a lot of different games like that. Um, usually I'm making people be silent and making one person talk. I'm only, I'm only going to allow one person to the communication. Or we'll do like an elaborate, uh, an elaborate uh, competition with amongst the team divided into two groups. And the captains or the, the seniors are the ones that have to take charge. They might wear a weight vest and everyone else might not. And they might be the only ones who are able to, to communicate. I might allow a few people uh, the communication. I dig that. Now, how has that been um, received by the, the athletes and then the sport coaches? Uh, the athletes love it because, I mean, they didn't come to school to lift weights. So for them, it's a, it's a different workout for them. Um, 90% of these workouts are pretty damn hard. And a lot of times they're harder than what would have been scheduled on a normal lift. Um, but they still love it. It's just fun. It's a once in a lifetime activity for them. And uh, it's them getting to work together and solve a problem. They talk about it all the time. Like my football, I've mentioned it earlier, the Mount Kilimanjaro workout. My football team was talking about that still this fall. Six months later, getting all hyped up for this upcoming offseason. Uh, they talk about it a lot. And um, the coaches, they love it because I'm big in Instagram, big in, in videoing a lot of the stuff that I do. So I'll, I'll make videos. I'll use them in recruiting presentations. I'll send them off to coaches. I'll make like highlight videos that incorporate this type of stuff. So it's a way for the coaches to also show that, hey, you come here, you're not just you're not just lifting weights the entire time. You're getting a little bit more, more of a, an experience in some different ways. And that's gotta be, I don't, it's reassuring the word that I'm looking for, for some of these kids, you know, to yeah. know that you're not just going in there and kind of square peg and round hole in a thing, you know, the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the other thing that isn't so reassuring is typically these are random. So most of the time they try to make it not reassuring actually on occasion, but uh, 
most of the time I'm going to do some of these. It's just I'm hitting them out of nowhere. Like my women's ice hockey team the past two years, it was it was day one. So the freshman first experience with me was some on the football field team competition or team building activity, I should say. Um, and then I got the idea originally from uh, Don Brown, who was over at VCU down in your neck of the woods. But uh, he interned at Stony Brook when I was an assistant there. And when he did his GA at VCU, he was telling me all about it. They call them road games. And the kids would come in in the offseason and they would just hit some random thing up. So, like, that's that's usually the theme that I go with is it's just at random. So it could just be today is Tuesday and we are just going to go outside and you're going to do this. And I, I kind of dig the whole they can't be prepared for. Yeah, it's I don't think I've ever I've definitely never announced we're doing a team building activity today. Every single time it's been out of the blue. My football team. Last year, the Kilimanjaro workout, I sent them in our group mate just a picture of Mount Kilimanjaro like two hours before they showed up in the weight room just to kind of confuse them. And then they showed up and that workout we talked about, I read one of the weight room wisdom stories from McKeefrey's book of taking your bees into outer space and stepping out of your comfort zone and taking the path of least resistance, read them that story. And then I said, this is the mission for today. And we had eight different stations. And one of the stations was the Versa climber and they had to climb and all the other stations, we had one rest station, six of the other state or five of the other stations were really just like putting you in a spot where you want to quit and give up and your teammates rallying behind you and supporting you. Um, and then the other station was like a airdyne bike sprint where you had to finish your mile before everybody could rotate to the next station. So I'm putting person on the bike, I'm putting the group that are on the Airdyne bikes in a spot where they're seeing all their teammates suffer. And so they're trying to finish that mile as fast as they can because no one's no one's dropping from their plank, no one's dropping from their ISO goblet squat until that mile gets done. And we just kept doing that over and over again until we got to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, man, I dig it. I mean, I'm, we've done some stuff like that. I just call it dictators, right, where you're dictating – whether or not everyone else is having fun, I guess that you yeah, could yeah. say at that moment. But I think that that whole idea of having to work for your teammates is one that we might overlook a little bit too often. I think it's huge. I've been doing it for years. It's something that it's been in my program for a very long time, and I don't see it changing. So it makes some people that don't want to work that hard work just because they're seeing they're, they don't want to let each other down. You know, you get a little bit more out of some kids and if you get a little bit more out of them for a few workouts here and there, they start realizing like what they can do. And then it just starts becoming second nature. And then talking about work ethic increasing, I, I'm a firm believer that we can, if you want to call it mental toughness or whatever you want to call it, but so let the kids surprise themselves here and there of what they can do. And then, then they're starting to do it and string it together, workout to workout. Yeah, dude. And then even more so, like, I don't know if it matters whether it's they are put in a situation where they want to work harder for their teammates or they're afraid to not work as hard for their teammates and be that guy, you know? Yeah. I don't yep. know if that even matters. It's just a matter of fact that, in this situation, they are going to find a way to get to that next gear. 
Yep. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me as long as they're as long as they're working and getting it done. They'll, you know, it's 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 a it's a pretty cool thing to see. So then, I guess the, my next question would be, how would this then impact the rest of your programming? So, if you put this in on a Tuesday, and you know that this is going to be way more of an output for the rest of the versus what it would have been on that Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. How does this change your plan? for Wednesday through Friday? If it's a, if it's going to be a workout that's going to be that, that gruesome to them, then I would typically try to plan it on. I, the most I ever get a team here is four days a week. So we're always going to have one day off. We're either going to have a Tuesday, Wednesday, or a Thursday off. So if it's going to be that, that gruesome, then we would have an off day typically the next day. Um, a lot of the ones I'm doing, I'm taking them out on the field with like a rope. You know, a battle rope, making them do a lot of things together, all as one unison. Where it's it's hard work, but they're not they're not destroyed the next day. And and I mean, I'm a believer that I mean, these kids, 18 to 22, testosterone's flowing, and the male athletes like they're recovering a lot faster. I'm not doing this in season. This is all in the off season. So I'm typically not as worried about if they're a little beat up the next day, sore wise. Uh, they recover a little bit more than I think some other people give these college kids credit for. Well, especially if they're able to take care of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So then how do you handle that situation then when it comes to those outside situations? Because those can be just as big of learning situations. Uh, what do you mean by that? So the nutrition, sleep and those sort of things, because, you know, in a division three program, yep. there, there's a lot. I mean, the, the rules in and of themselves can be um, They're challenging. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was going to go a little less, but yeah, brutal's fair. Um, the conference I'm in takes it to a new level. The the NESCAT conference that we're in actually has more rules than the rest of Division Three. So, Really? But yeah, we, we start two weeks later than everybody else. Um, I mean, I've... I, Two weeks later than everybody else is a pretty big deal. So we're 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 down twelve practices to everybody else when when our first game hits. If we start with a non-conference game, and we also don't have any non-traditional seasons. So football when the football season ends in November, those coaches don't see them again until August. So we're not having a spring ball. We're not having a fall ball in baseball. There's none of that. So. It's nice for a strength coach in a way because when football season ends, our offseason starts, I don't have to worry about anything. All I've, it, it's literally like they're just training in the weight room and training for our end-of-the-season testing day, our end of the spring. I can see some pros and cons for that when you don't have to you know, go through the traditional prep them for mat drills, prep them for spring ball, prep them for camp. You have just this time to prep. Yeah, I have 15 weeks in the spring of uninterrupted training for all my, if you're a fall sport. And then the spring, my spring teams, they don't start practice till February 15th. So I have the entire fall and then I get four more weeks when they come back to prep them for their first practice. Oh, four weeks in the spring semester would be game changing for yeah. most sports. Yeah. I mean, because you're going through then really half of the acclimation process, right? Yeah, we're, the only, the only thing is we, we got to make sure we hand them over ready to go because we'll, 
will report back like our fall, like our field hockey team, like they'll play their first game in like five or six days. So like, I got to make sure that, you know, whatever conditioning program we gave them over the, over the summertime, set them up for that first practice. And then obviously my spring sports, I get to be there for it. So it's a little, it's a lot easier. Yeah. But again, I think that that problem is one that goes through every level, whether it's one, two, three, NAIA, and that is the, the fall sport kids, sometimes you just got to hope, you know, and the whole idea of, of there not being an eight-week period before you put a bunch of young women on AstroTurf that are from all over the country, not hot places, and ask them to run two to three days in 110 degrees on AstroTurf it could be a conversation for another day Oh yeah. when it comes to, you know, health and safety. Um, but yeah, I think that you kind of catch where I'm going with that anyway. Yep. So then Bill, where do you see this going? Where do you see these, these other skills being developed in the weight room and how coaches can become more than just muscle coaches, if you may? Yeah. Um, well for me, so again, I talked about how we don't have this non-traditional season. So one of the challenges for us is they're still practicing just captain led. So I've really, since I've been at this school, I've noticed that the coaches are expecting, in my opinion, more out of our captains than other levels. Just they're running practices like our, our women's lacrosse program, the captains are running the entire fall ball. And then the entire four weeks they get back, it's all, it's a lot. So for me, I was like, we, and I don't, I didn't see a leadership thing in place. So I was like, I want to try to implement as many leadership type things to let, to, to prepare these kids to be the coaches in the fall ball and to actually have the experience and the confidence in, in leading that their teammates. So that's one, that's one of the big reasons for me. And now I've been trying to get really big into the debriefing at, at the end of these team building competitions and really like sitting down, sitting in a circle and, and just kind of talking about what we did well, what we did bad, who stepped up, how was the communication? Did we support each other? And just really spending, and that's a skill in itself. And that's something that I've been trying to improve on big time and continuing to, to improve on is, is that debriefing. Cause you could do a big, big team building activity. And then if it's just like, all right, see ya. And we don't actually talk about what we did and what we could do better then you might not really get anything out of it. Oh, no doubt. And I think on top of that, going back to the confidence thing, it could be just as much building confidence with the team for that individual as it is for the individual themselves when it comes to the leadership role. Oh, yeah. So then seeing that and, and building that with these debriefs, what are some, if you could, and this, this could be hard, um, and if, if this doesn't work, I'll, I'll just edit this out and we can go in another direction. But are there any specific examples that you'd be willing to share where there has been kind of an aha moment with some of the kids? Um, well, let's see here. Let me get on this. It's a tough one. Um, well, I was with, all right, so I was with the uh, U18 national team, women's ice hockey, um, at the World's Tournament just past week, past two weeks. 
Um, we did some team building. We did five different team building activities during our pre-camp before the tournament. And 16, 17-year-old high school girls just being loud and not really paying attention. And, not, and a lot of this stuff that I'm trying to do is you got to plan. You got to think outside the box. Try to put some things, some like some, some twists in there sometimes, or maybe you could have accomplished something easier if you thought outside the box. Um, so for me, I, I mean, you'd have to ask them, but I'd like to think there were some aha moments because a couple couple of times we did these activities, I said, here's the task, and they just went right into it. There was zero talk, there was zero plan, and they just tried and they just kept going and going and going, failing, failing, failing until they finally accomplished accomplish a task where there was no, there was no real plan. Um, so when we debriefed, first question I had, did you have a clear action plan? How did you come up with it? And obviously I didn't even come up with one. So to me, I was hopefully a lesson for them that when they're given a task to sit back, stop for a second, take a couple seconds and make a plan before just jumping right into it. Well, yeah, cause then you can't, know where you're going if you don't know where the end result is and yeah. you don't know where you're starting from. I see that at the high school level when I work with that team and in the college level when you when you give a task sometimes they just get so excited and just go and don't actually sit back and plan. So uh, I, I try to preach on that one a lot. I dig it, man. I think that that's really important, especially for these kids to understand, again, not just the lesson for sports, but just what's going to happen later. Yeah. Well, listen, Bill, let, you know, let me get you out of here with this, man, because I think that this is some pretty awesome stuff and it, it's things that people really need to, to, to pay closer attention to. Where can people see more? Where can they get more and, and figure out more of what you're doing with this? Uh, I mean, I post as much as I can on my Instagram, Bill Delongis, just one word. Uh, no dot, no dash or anything like that. So I'm posting a lot of my stuff on there. Uh, you can scroll back in history every once in a while. You'll, you'll pop up on some kind of team building activity. Uh, shoot me an email. Uh, Bill.Delongis at trincal.edu. If you want to throw that in the show notes, you, they could reach out to me. Uh, shoot me any questions. And then there's some good resources out there. Uh, Project Adventure is a company up here in New England that puts together some uh, learning courses. They have a ton of kind of ton of different courses that will uh, teach you from all the way from obstacle courses down to no implements at all. They spend a lot of time on uh, the debriefing. I took that course a few years back. I'm doing another one uh, this upcoming July, I believe, up in uh, the Boston area. So that's a pretty good resource to check out. Pretty reasonable priced uh, courses as well by them. I love it, man. Yeah, we will make sure that all that is in the show notes so that people can, you know, maybe step outside their box, you know, and coaches can step outside of their comfort zone and maybe find a way to help these kids be a little bit better on top of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Glad I could help. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I made some kind of impact on somebody out there. Well, I appreciate your time, Bill. This is awesome, man. And we'll be in touch real soon. All right. Appreciate it. Have yeah, a good man. one. Cheers. And a huge thanks to Trinity College's Bill DeLongis for spending the time with us today. Guys, just some open, honest, candid sharing from a guy really doing some unique stuff to really help the betterment of the young people that he gets to work with. I can't thank Bill for all that he's done, and I also can't thank Bill enough for being so open, honest, and candid with his sharing today. 
Guys, this is awesome stuff. Make sure you hop over to Instagram. Give them a follow at B-I-L-L-D-E-L-O-N-G-I-S. There's some really great examples of what he's doing, and I think that that's going to answer a lot of your questions. Give him a follow. Take a look at him. Drop him a note, either DM there or underneath in the comments, because there's some really awesome examples of what he's been doing to help these athletes learn, kind of get out of their comfort zone, and become better in many different ways. And as always, guys, if you did enjoy the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. As always, we're just trying to get the best information out there to all the great coaches that we can. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.